0: Intel inside stickers on the Macintosh. Apple moving away from the Mac. That and Adam Carnabogie on MyMac Podcast
1: 59. The next generation of radio. It's the MyMac.com Podcast.
2: From the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry.
0: While it's cold outside here in uh, West Michigan, it's nice and cozy and warm in our recording studios here at uh, the Perry residence house.
1: Yes, it is. Finally got the uh, heat turned up because, you know, we tried to save all that money last month and look where it got us. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. I got
0: my... uh, my gas bill for heating my house this month and it was uh exactly 150 percent more than it was last year i actually called the gas company mm. they're blaming katrina which is quite amazing when you figure that where we are at in the continental united states we get over 95 percent of our natural gas from canada yeah and last time i checked katrina didn't hit canada no. Uh, no, I know it. Anyways, mm. we are. We have a third party in the broadcast booth via speaker today, and uh, I said who it is right at the beginning. It's Adam Carnabogi. Say hi, Adam. Hi, how are you guys? Good. We said, say hi, Adam. We didn't say, hey, how are you guys? <laughs> hi, Adam. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those who uh, have heard the podcast a lot in the past, I, I've mentioned Adam's name quite a bit. And if they go up to the site, they don't see anything from Adam. They're like, well, "Who's this Adam guy? They always talk about him, but I don't see any articles or anything." Well, Adam has been our long-term, very long-term webmaster at MyMac.com. dot com. How long have you been with MyMac.com dot com now, Adam? I've been with MyMac.com dot com for about ten years.
3: Ten I was years. About, uh, yeah. I was fifteen years old. It was like nineteen ninety-five. It seems <laughs> like it was yesterday.
0: It's uh, you know, obviously today in today's day and age, I wouldn't. Um, I don't say I. I wouldn't say I wouldn't, but I would be a little bit more hesitant to have a fifteen-year-old doing as much as uh, you did back in the day. But that was it. Was it was a lot different back then, though. I think it's true. It was. Um. So yeah. W- exactly. Uh, my memory when it comes to history isn't always the most accurate. <laughs> so how did we get hooked up to begin with?
3: Well, if you remember back in like 1995. Um, the, the internet, as we know it today, wasn't as wasn't like it is. It yeah, pretty much didn't know? exist the way it is today. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was the the main way we got um, kind of hooked up. The uh, AOL had like forums, you know, and you posted the Doc Maker edition of my Mac on like the AOL download forums, probably on on like Keyword Mac or whatever it was. Yep. And. I probably downloaded the first couple issues, and I thought it was just really cool, you know? And I had just gotten the internet maybe six months, be- six months, eight months before that, so I, it was all new to me, so I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I'm like, well, you know, this would be, be a cool thing to do. You know, I love the Mac, and uh, this guy seems like he does too, so um, one time, I, I think I emailed you, and you emailed me back, and then I saw you online. Like instant messaging, that was before there were like buddy lists. Yeah. You know, so you had to like try to instant message somebody and hope you got lucky, (laughs) kind of thing.
0: And of course, that was via uh, AOL. It wasn't like, you know, you had an instant messaging uh, client that you could use. It was part of America Online, Mm -hmm. which was pretty much their biggest selling point back then that you could chat with people on the internet.
3: And you were uh, DS9, DS9, and I instant messaged you one day and. Got lucky, and you know, the rest is history. I think I started writing for the magazine when it was like issue eight or nine, yeah. and uh, started doing the website shortly after that.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of people, yeah. uh, including a lot of the people that are currently writing for IMAG. dot com, a lot of them don't really know the the real history of, of what we started as that it was a digital um, a digital magazine, really, yeah. and we used DocMaker, and that's what Adam was talking about, and. You know, people who haven't been around the Macintosh scene for—if you've only been around around five years—you probably don't know what DocMaker is. And which what DocMaker was was an application that allowed you to create a word processing type of um, a file that you didn't need a parent o- application to open it. Mm-hmm. In other words, like right now. If If you create something in Adobe PDF and send it to someone, well, they need an application to open that PDF document. On the Mac, that would be Adobe Acrobat, or it would be Preview.
3: Mm -hmm. It was like like the PDF
0: for Macs back then. Yeah, and and, in some respects, I liked it a lot better than early versions of PDF. mm -hmm. Um, In fact, we were pretty... I I can't tell you how long it was when PDF came out before we adopted that as well, but we never really supported PDF all that strong, did we, Adam? No, we. Uh, I think we started it on issue fifty. Um, could, could be. I
3: want to. I want to say it was issue, or it was whatever issue was like our. I think it was like issue fifty.
0: F- anyway, fifty um, was our big anniversary issue.
3: Yeah, but we we used we used like distiller, and we would distill the DocMaker document. Yeah, and it would put it just page- turn out terrible. Oh.
0: I mean, it was bad. Yeah, well, it was put page was really breaks bad. at the at the worst possible place. So I, I had to completely finish the issue mm-hmm. of the doc maker, and I and I did a save as, and that was the issue. Then mm-hmm. I would distill the PDF or the uh, <coughs> another copy, mm-hmm. and look to see where all the page breaks were. And starting at the beginning of the document, if it page broke it in the middle of a sentence, I would go and hit returns mm-hmm. so it wouldn't page break. But then I had to go through the entire document. And because, force all the page breaks yes, in the right spot. Oh, it was oh, it was just God. a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Um but we were you know, we had an internet web page way before <laughs> most people did. Um mm-hmm. and uh but what I was gonna say earlier is most people don't know that Adam actually was not our first webmaster, were you? That's right. It was uh Evan somebody, I think. Uh Evan McCarthy? Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. He uh he was the one that suggested we actually um Start a website, huh. and uh, we were like, "Well, you know, hardly anybody has access to the actual internet because mm-hmm. America Online at the time wouldn't let you go outside of America Online to the internet. It was just Their the network. online community. Yeah. You were stuck in that little online community, and you couldn't go anywhere. In fact, you couldn't even send email outside of America Online's proprietary system. You remember mm-hmm. that, Adam? Yeah, I do. That- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it's crazy, it, but that's all we knew. We thought that was the
3: best. Yeah, you know." Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, you, you tell somebody today how the internet was back then that you know didn't know it, and it's just
0: I don't believe it. You yeah, know? it's 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 amazing how far it's come in really ten short years. Mm-hmm. You know, from when we started ten and a half years ago now to where we are today is just it's so different. But Adam's original uh, job title, I guess you could say, was icon master <laughs> he made because when you downloaded our our doc maker edition of the of the monthly magazine of course it had to have an icon on there we could use a standard doc maker but right. we wanted to be fancy you know mm-hmm. and this adam was the original person to create our icon how many did you you created two or three if i'm not mistaken yeah the first one was i
3: don't know my most famous Everybody liked it, but Pete Miner, I remember. Was it was that the one that looked like a newspaper or? No, I didn't create that one. I created the one. It was like all blue, and it had a yellow apple, I think, in it. No, or red it was like apple, a red apple, apple, and yes. it said My Mac inside the apple. Yes, I was the outline of an apple, and yeah. Pete mm-hmm. Miner hated
0: it, man. I, I he was, hated it. I was the one that created the first one that was. It looked like a little newspaper with a little yeah. Mac face in it. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I think it uh, wasn't it Jason Rainbows who created the last icon that we used. Yeah, for the doc. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. And it, it was it was pretty good. It had a little stick figure in there. He was pretty. He was a pretty famous uh, icon creator back in the day. We did, really we did an interview with him. He actually still writes for us occasionally. I think mm-hmm. it's been quite a while now. Um, but yeah, he created it free, and his icons were really famous within the Mac community. So for him to create our icon was just that's cool. Wow, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you actually take over the the web publishing duties? It was uh, issue
3: sixteen, and that was back when um, Evan had still owned our domain name, MyMac dot com. Yep. So we didn't have access to that. So. I think I bought some like web hosting space at Webcom. Yeah, well, for so a while. We like,
0: yeah, it was. So we
3: were like Webcom dot com slash mymac, and then we finally got the domain name
0: back for issue nineteen. Yep. And. Uh, that that was pretty cool. I remember yeah. when we finally became myMac.com dot com for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the funny thing was that so many people did not have access to the the, the web. We We really didn't make too much of a difference in our popularity, and we continued to grow in popularity up through then. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, Adam has been with us for almost about ten years now. Yeah, Yeah, it's been about ten years. It was it was like December of '95. Adam had uh, quite a few firsts. He was like one of the very first people to actually get uh, like screen snapshots of Mac 7.5. Really? Um, and 8.0. Adam had 8.0 <laughs> way before almost anybody. Hmm. And uh, we had them posting up on our, on our website, and a lot of other people did too, but they were copying our <laughs> images. <laughs> copying <laughs> my freaking screenshots. Yeah, because Adam, Adam would email me and go, this such and such site has got my screen snapshots. And I would go and look, and sure enough, they, they had just stolen Adam's screen snapshots. Mm-hmm. And, um that was back when Adam was very high, strung too. <laughs> he used to get very angry, and uh, but honestly, I couldn't have had a better collaborator back in the day than Adam. Yeah, and uh, you should know that Adam definitely. It's um, nice of you to say thank you. We we are pretty much uh, online. It's it's pretty much an automated process, so Adam doesn't have a whole lot to do with the day to day operations of Mac as he used to, mm-hmm. um, because you know we post. On a daily basis now, where right. back when Adam was the you know um, the main person in charge of everything that was on our website, mm-hmm. he hand coded every single page. Ugh. He hand coded every single archive, and every month we would come out with a new uh, edition that was you know a hundred pages or more long. So mm-hmm. every single month, Adam had to create that many pages for the website, Whew. and it was just and you know it, it was insane. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a
3: programmer type. But um so I never got into the dynamic programming or anything like that. So we had static pages uh long past the time that most sites had static pages. That was re- yeah, that was quite a task every month. That was <laughs> I remember that
0: well. Yeah, it would and we and we always had to we always tried to have the new issue ready on the 1st. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, you got to figure we had a staff of, what, 50, uh, 10 to 15 writers um, at a time. And yeah. I would get all the submissions myself, and I would put a first draft of the magazine together. Mm-hmm. I would turn around and send that to Russ Walkowicz, who would edit every single article.
4: Yeah,
0: He would send it to a, uh, our old copy editor named Jim Moravec, who would edit Russ's edits. Mm. Send it back to Russ, who would finalize the edits, send it to me, I would go through everything, edit it the way I wanted it to, because a lot of times Jim had an idea of how it should be edited and Russ had an idea of how it should be edited. So Russ's edits were in blue text, Mm -hmm. and Jim's was in red text, (laughs) and I was the one that had to delete the edit that I didn't want. Mm -hmm. So then I would add all the graphics, all the formatting, everything. And then I would take that and send it to Adam, and he. And would your actually, formatting
3: was messed up so much that I had added it too. Yeah, Adam, <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and then I would send it to Adam, and he had to create a website every single month uh, from all that work. And we did this every single month. And uh, between the time that we released, you know, the issue on the first, mm-hmm. on the second, I was getting submissions from the writers, and they had what. I, Maybe you remember when the submission deadline was, Adam, cuz I I think it was like the 14th. Yeah, that sounds about right. So so we we would basically yeah. put this all together in 2 weeks. That's a lot of work.
3: I know it's a lot of work. And wasn't Jim Moravec oh, working man. on like the 512k Mac or something ridiculously old? Yeah, it it was a It, it was,
0: was bad. One. It was like a Performa 400 or something. <laughs> it was bad. Well, of course I started the uh, my Mac magazine on a Performa 410. So couldn't have been that old. <laughs> Couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, but I mean this was like two thousand, he was
3: still working on one of those. Yeah, so. <laughs> it,
0: it, was, it was pretty when did we uh when did we go web only? Do you remember? I know yeah, it was like it was issue
3: sometime 63. in two thousand one. Um, I think it was I wanna say it was like October, I think I wanna say it was shortly after September eleventh. Hang on. Let
0: me look uh, let me look here real by, quick. By by the way, I should say why Adam's looking that up. Adam has, he, he's almost a, a computer pack rat. He keeps every single correspondent in, via email. Every single <laughs> every single web page he ever created for my Mac is mm-hmm. still on one of his computers. He kept every bit of it. Thank God yeah, for you Spotlight. Oh, Holy cow. <laughs> well, he, the thing is, they're, like I said, I'm horrible when it comes to remembering dates and stuff. Yeah. I'll just send Adam a, an, an inquiry on something, and he's like, boom, there it is he knows exactly when it was when it had well you sent me an email uh, in 98 it was march 4th at 1:45 p.m. <laughs> i'm like how do you know that well I, I just keep everything but when you think about it that's smart because it's mm-hmm. just it's digital bits yeah you know it's as hard drives got bigger it didn't cost any more to store all this information and i didn't keep crap so th- mm-hmm. you know thank goodness for adam yeah. for keeping all of this information are you still doing your research there? Yeah, I, uh, I'm working on it here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it looks like it looks like it was like issue sixty five. Yeah, I, I think it was sixty four or sixty five. and that was that was like December of yeah, it was sixty five, September of two thousand. So it was the month after that.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm
3: trying to. I, I don't have a classic anymore. I can't open this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's. <clears throat> It's just no opening this. I don't own a
0: copy of Classic anymore. Oh, well, you own a copy. You just don't have it installed.
3: Nor do I, I want to. Drink,
0: like. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it was. Uh, it, what was kind of sad was that one of our writers, Susan Howarder, had been with us for uh, quite a few years, and um, she she got cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we made the decision to go to web only. I remember getting an email from her that she was so happy that myMac was going to continue even if it wasn 't downloadable
4: mm-hmm. and
0: shortly after we made the decision to go web only and she sent that email, she died. Hmm. She and wrote the best columns yeah her, her, she wrote, she had a, she was an awesome writer um, I, I would say the same thing about Pete Miner. Uh, yeah
1: yeah
0: Mike Wallinga actually had started his own. Uh, digital magazine before he joined mymac dot com it just he was doing it by himself, and it was too much to create every single month on his mm-hmm. own so he eventually became part of uh our stable of writers and I was so impressed with his stuff that he had the back page on every issue oh yeah and uh yep and um i i have you ever have you heard from Mike walligan in years It's been a long
3: time but but he uh yeah he was he was great he had the back page. He was like a staple, like at least thirty issues. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd have to I'd mm-hmm. have to estimate and he did that Game Guys column with me
0: too. Yeah, he, he produced
3: for a long time. That's
0: when I considered myself a gamer, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> you uh you and Mike would uh, do those joint game guy reviews where right. they would look at a different shareware product, yeah. Shareware game or freeware. I don't know if you guys ever really did too many commercial games that way. No, we didn't. They were all like solitaire you know, and downloadable you know, crediting the shareware
3: author type right. type, type deals. In fact, yeah.
0: if, if anybody's interested in looking at any of this old stuff, you can actually go to mymac dot com, click the archive button, and look for Adam's name. Click that, and there's a almost a complete archive of everything Adam's ever written mm-hmm. on our site, ins- including. And I'm looking here, Cyberdog version one point oh review. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably a name a lot of people. May not even have heard of Cyberdog. What the heck is Cyberdog? Well, it was Apple's first web browser
1: really way
0: before Safari? Yeah, mm. well, Apple actually had it had a great interface. It was mm. so clean and it worked so well, but it was so out of date, and Apple never mm-hmm. updated it. So, <coughs> uh, so what do you do? My, Go ahead. Oh, I was looking at my archive
3: here. My one and only blog posted it shortly after the Cubs lost the pennant in
0: 2003. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the only time you were uh, so upset you had to do something. That was the worst It's <sighs> the worst. In fact, the, the last uh, archive that I have of you was uh January 2003, a review of Lynx Championship edition. Uh, that's about right. And so I've got here. So you went out at, with a review of a game. <laughs> Which makes sense because you were one That's, of the game there guys. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but but Adam's done a lot more than that since then. Obviously, every single major site revision Adam has had a hand in.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, obviously, neither him nor I are PHP programmers and, and any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So we actually hired that out the last time. But the basic design of what you see when you go to MyMac.com was created by Adam and myself. He actually drove up here to Michigan from Chicago.
1: I remember I was at your
0: house at that point. Although you guys probably don't remember, because I was in rare form. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he had his laptop in his lap, and we were just kicking uh, ideas back and forth for a whole day. But you know, you see, or cussing
1: at code. I remember that part too. Yes, (laughs) well,
0: that goes without saying. Yeah. And uh, but Adam actually shared a hotel room with me at uh, MacWorld Expo 2000, Mm -hmm. and uh, that that was quite an adventure, eh, Adam?
3: That was good times. That was that was um, the Mac world of the Pismo debacle, when they were supposed to uh, they were supposed to introduce the the FireWire G three PowerBook, which was codenamed Pismo.
0: Yep.
3: And like every rumor site thought they were going to have it, and they didn't. That was actually when you and I sat like in the third row of the keynote, right behind Steve uh, Wozniak. Yep. And uh, they they introduced Mac OS ten and sure enough, no PowerBook and That was the last time I read a a rumor site. I just don't read them. No. And uh, I remember some columns there that that we wrote shortly after that. I think you wrote a good one. Trashing rumor sites. It was great. Oh, yeah. Good times.
0: Yeah, I wasn't happy. What was funny is that Adam and I uh, arrived within hours of each other and uh, met at the hotel. And do you remember that hotel that we originally <laughs> stayed at? It was the
3: best Western Americana.
0: If anybody ever goes to San Francisco and is
3: going this year, do not stay at that best <laughs> Western. This thing, this was a hole, man. I mean, this this thing literally had, like, bugs and, and stuff, you know, crawling around. Ooh. I wouldn't have been surprised if there were, like, rats and mice, rodents, all over the place. No And it was water. in the worst neighborhood. Really? Too.
0: It was bad. Ooh. Yep. And, uh, we spent one night there, and I took mm-hmm. a shower early. I don't think
3: we did that. No, you I don't? do not think we spent a night there, Tim. You don't I think, th- think? I think it was that afternoon you, you got on the phone and, yeah, I don't think we spent a night you there. You know
0: what? I think you're right. You're, I think you're absolutely right. You're like, right. I've got to get out of this. Yeah. Please you know. <laughs> make bleep. So, bleep, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we got a very nice hotel room afterwards. Yeah. Um, what was that? Was a Marriott? The Marriott Marquis, I
3: think it was called. Yeah, it was like right that. across the street. It was right
0: across the street from the Moscone Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had a huge suite, and uh, of course back then I had an expense account, so that helped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had called her, my secretary, mm-hmm. and uh, she she called uh, the Marriott and got it all hooked up, and it, it was great. Um, it, and it was a it was an interesting time to be at that 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 particular Expo, I think. I haven't been to every Expo, obviously, but that mm-hmm. one, I think, what, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time anyone saw Mac OS X. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. it was
0: the first time anybody saw the Aqua interface for sure.
3: Yes, and and what it was going to be called. Um, yeah, that was a that was a defining Expo for Apple. I mean, that's huge. That's all we
0: know today. Yep and uh, we saw the future and it, it was Mac OS X. Well, one of the things that happened at that expo I remember that uh, I met Sinbad, the comedian, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him for a long time and he, do you remember which company you were talking to at the same time? It was an antivirus I think company. I was talking or, to Vitamsoft. Yeah, I think so. And, and, uh, Adam was talking to them for a long time, but he had the digital camera. And you remember, this is 2000. Yeah. The digital camera was like 1 megapixel. It was 1.4 megapixels, and it wrote on floppy disks. Yeah.
1: Oh, the Sony uh, Mavicams? Mavica. Yeah. Mavica yeah. or something, yeah.
0: And finally, Adam got done talking, and he came over, and I had him take a picture of me and Sinbad,
4: mm-hmm.
0: or Sinbad and I. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I was so happy that Adam got that picture. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, I th- I think it was like the disc was full right then and there and I did not the picture. It did take the picture. I was so pissed. But <laughs> you
3: were we did you get like You you were you were upset. I remember some of the stuff he said, which shouldn't be repeated here.
0: <laughs> for our listening audience today. We he did get the picture of uh Steve Wozniak and I though. Yeah. Yep. But I couldn't return the favor because Steve Wozniak was in a hurry and Adam didn't get his picture. Do you want to explain what happened? About getting our seats, I think yeah, that's, that's a, great a good story. story, man. So, so I was
3: still pretty young back then, not as you know business savvy as I am now. So, we were in the media line, and, and I think you and I, Tim, were first or second in the media line. Second. Right? We, yeah, we were. We were right up there, um, and sure enough, they opened the doors of the the hall where the keynote's at, and there was basically three sections. There was, or maybe only two. There was, like, Apple VIP, which was, like, the main section, and then all the normal people were behind them. And then the media line was off to the right. And this hall was really big. So, I mean, it was, like, probably the size of a good size, at least half a football field. So they opened the doors to the media line, right? So we start walking civilly. And, you know, you know how when you're, like, a kid, and you know you're like going out to recess or something. You want to be first in line. You kind of start like walk, walking fast because the teacher is saying don't run, don't run. Well, that's what it was like here. And then, of course, it was just an all-out sprint. So we just started sprinting to the front of this front of this hall. Finally, we we got seats in the third row. In and the middle.
0: In the middle of the third. Well, yeah, we were, it was, it was, we were to the right, but we were on the aisle. Towards the of middle. the stage, so it was like, like, yeah, it was right there. It was perfect. And it was just great. Finally,
3: like whoever ushers or whatever you want to call them started coming around and blocking off. They blocked off like the first seven rows for Apple VIP of the media section, and and I'm just sitting there in the front, you know. And we had been there since like 5 a.m. or 4:30 or something. I'm like, you know, gosh darn it, there's no way, you know, we're gonna have to. I'm, I'm like, we're gonna have to move.
0: Well, the people are like, oh, we're not moving. Well, what happened was well, somebody came to our aisle, but on mm-hmm. the other side of our aisle, and told the all all the media representatives there, you guys can't sit here. You have to move to the back. And at this point, it was completely full. So if we left those seats, we'd have to stand in the very back of this arboretum. Yeah. And yeah. and Adam had heard that, and and somebody, some media outlet guy, mm-hmm. told Adam that. And then Adam mm-hmm. said, dude, we gotta move. <laughs>
3: In 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 you're like Tim, you're like just cover your media badge and you know, act act like you belong. <laughs> and sure enough and sure enough we have like CEOs and stuff sitting by us. Yeah. And here's you and I, you know, college kid and whatever you want to call yourself, you know, I don't know what you were you were like Information et- IT guy. Yeah, yeah I, I was information time, technology and manager. We're just kinda like sitting there. Um, <laughs> Hiding our media badges <laughs> Hiding our media badges with our coats And sure enough um, <clears throat> At a certain point we realized That you know nobody was going to ask us to move And that we were going to sit there <laughs> And I was very nervous by the time And there we are, we're like sitting among the upper crust Of like CEO guests of Apple mm-hmm. and, and there we are And like the closest media member to us I think was like row seven So like four or five rows in, in back of us It's crazy, man. And some people were shooting
0: us very dirty looks, too. Oh, yeah. And Adam was so nervous. He was basically bouncing in his seat. And I kept going, dude, just calm down. Just act (laughs) like we belong. (laughs) And you're like, they're going to kick us out. No, just... just." (laughs) (laughs) And at one point, I said, Adam. And he's like, what? I said, look to my left. And he looks over. And Mm -hmm. in the aisle, standing right there next to me, is who? Steve Jobs. Yeah. And, and I was like, dude, that's Steve Jobs standing right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first two rows was people mingling. Mm. So right before the keynote begins, who sits down in the seat right in front of me? Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak said so. <laughs> I'm watching the keynote, and I can't help but keep looking at this very almost hand-knitted type of sweater, Steve Wozniak. Yeah. And it was, it was like so white and yes. with all kinds of colors in it.
2: Right. And uh,
0: But it was, it was just surreal. It and really was. We we were sitting in this like the perfect spot. We got to see Steve Jobs up close. He, I mean, mm-hmm. he was standing right there next to me. Steve Wozniak, my hero, was sitting right in front of me, mm-hmm. and we got to see the beginning of Mac OS X. Yeah, and it, it was just a, uh, it was an amazing keynote. It really was, and uh, it was. I was. I was real glad that I got to share that experience with Adam because uh, I th- Adam was my Mac for a yeah. long time. And he still is. He is mymac dot com. So, if you guys got a problem with mymac dot com, uh, complain to Adam. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're gonna I'll just forward it right to you, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, one of the things about mymac dot com is we are hosted by a company called Innotech i n n o dash t e c h innotech dot com mm-hmm. and uh, they are becoming uh, a sub sponsor of this podcast, i e. Uh, I, I want to promote companies and individuals who've, uh, to use their service. So sure. <laughs> uh, if you go to MyMac.com, and you go all the way to the very bottom of our page, mm-hmm. uh, which, by the way, needs to be updated, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> And it says InnoTech at the very bottom, and it mm-hmm. says, Proud host of MyMac.com for over six years which um, is very cool, but if you click that, there's some deals there that uh, if you're looking for a web host, it's the company we've used. How long have we used them now, Adam? I know it says over six years there, but... Probably eight at this point. point. Well,
3: yeah, maybe. Seven. seven. I would
0: say it's about seven because we were on that crappy Battle Creek hosting site for like three years, and then yeah. we moved. <laughs> yep, you're right. And, uh, yeah, so, you know... It, Do they have the lowest price that you're going to find on the Internet? No. But I can can guarantee you that you're not going to get any better service. Yeah. They treat you like you're mission critical. Yeah. And and they're really, really a cool company. I mean, when, when Adam and I have a problem, it's the owner that we're dealing with. Yeah. It's not some tech support guy or or customer service representative. It's the guy who actually owns this company, hmm. and he is very responsive. Cool. And, you know, not only do they host our website, but if, you were, if you're if you listening to this, you downloaded this MP3 from our server at InnoTech. So it, they're a really good service, and we can't recommend them enough. Speaking of sponsors, we're going to take a quick break, listen to a message from our sponsor, Small Dog Electronics. are going to listen to uh, Guy Searle's not Mac News, and returning... You're going to listen to Chris Sebold's Not yes. Mac News. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I <laughs> said Guy sorry. Yeah, he did. <laughs> 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 Although that could be cool to have them swap one time. So. Nah. No? <laughs> nah. Uh, well, Maybe. Actually, Guy suggested that once. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. It's up to them, really. Um, when we come back, we'll jump into some news. We're going to keep Adam on the line with us and uh, discuss the latest happenings in the Mac world, courtesy of MacMinute.com. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you have an iPod yet? If not, Christmas is just around the corner. This is Dawn from Small Dog Electronics, and we have what you really want for Christmas this year, the latest iPods, as well as discontinued, used, and refurbished models. If you already have an iPod, then maybe you want some accessories, like the Small Dog Groove Cube, a portable set of speakers for your iPod that costs only $29.95. Check us out online at smalldog.com or come into the Small Dog Showroom in Waitsfield, Vermont, on the way to Sugarbush and Mad River Glen.
5: Microsoft will officially in support for the Mac version of Internet Explorer when the calendar rolls over to 2006. Not Mac News polled 4.2 million Mac users on the change, and the most common response was, Is that piece of bleep still around? In other news, Google has purchased 5% of America Online for $1 billion. dollars, Executives said the move was to expand Google's and AOL's advertising reach. Not Mac News has learned that nothing could be farther from the truth. The real reason Google invested in AOL was, in fact, to share the volume discount AOL gets on CDs. Turns out no one has backed up Google in a while, and they feel it's going to take a ton of CDRs. Not Mac News, available only on the MyMac.com podcast. From the MyMac.com subterranean Tennessee studios, the entire staff of Not Mac News, myself, wishes you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, joyous Festivus, etc. Happy Holidays.
2: You're listening to the Dashboard Minute. Exclusively on the MyMac.com podcast. Hit it! Hit it! Hit it. One, two, three, four... Ahem. A Chris Kwan's Miss Holiday Poem. Twas the night before Macworld, and all through the center. The displays were all covered, and the salesmen were on benders. The faithful were crowded around sites all a-hoping, seeking answers from strangers that Apple had new stuff for groping. The Steve's blue jeans were pressed. His turtleneck was clean, his mind on the new stuff that the users would see. I heard him exclaim, before he went to bed, We're all going to intel. The Power PC is dead. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, I think I've made it pretty clear why I write and do podcasts as compared to doing holiday specials. So, let's go back to widgets. The first one is a curious little time waster called Spirograph. Yes, the same kind of Spirograph that many used as kids, but now in digital form. It's easy to use. The settings are pretty self-explanatory. If you like the design that has been made, there is an option to save it as a PDF. This is another widget made by Tamaki, a Japanese gentleman who has made several other widgets, some that have been reviewed right here on the Dashboard Minute. Find this widget at dashboardwidgets.com. The next widget today was actually found and brought to my attention by MyMac's very own Donnie Yankalo. It's called Amazon Album Art, and it is courtesy of the great people at the Widget Foundry. What this does is nothing you couldn't do via Safari and iTunes, but this takes all the guesswork out of it and will save you time. To use it, open iTunes, select a song that doesn't have any album art. Go to the dashboard environment, open the Amazon Album Art widget, put in the artist's name, hit enter or return depending on your keyboard. Amazon Album Art will soon return with all available album covers from that particular artist. While it might make sense to actually select the actual album art that the chosen song was featured in, There's no reason why you have to really go and do so. Go wild and put Hermit's Hermit's album covers on the Rolling Stones songs. Uh, Well, wait on second thought, that's just wrong. Amazon Album Art, or as I like to call it, AAA, and will that get me into some kind of copyright trouble, was created by the good people at the Widget Foundry. Find it with all the other usual Widget suspects, or go to the source at www.widget.com dash foundry.com forward slash widgets forward slash amazon art or just do a google search for amazon art album art sorry let's try that again or just do a google search for amazon album art and lo and behold the widget will be found thanks again donnie for finding this one for me if you have any questions or comments about the dashboard minute or maybe like donnie there's a widget you like or have made that i haven't covered yet if so, please send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and be here again, hopefully, next week on the Dashboard Minute on the MyMac.com podcast.
0: Once again, thanks to uh, Small Dog Electronics for being our sponsor and Emotech.com. Thanks to Chris
1: Sebold and Guy Searle for two more great installments of not Mac
0: news in the dashboard minute and Tim and Chad are now back and we still have Adam with us making a lot of noise in the background there oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do for a living now Adam
3: so I um, I have basically three main job responsibilities I, I work for a company called Mac specialist so we're an Apple specialist um, an authorized authorized reseller service center and training center um, if you want to know more about Apple specialists, um, www.applespecialist.com and you can also visit our booth uh, at Macworld as well. Um, all the Apple Specialists will have a booth there. Um, my main job title is the director of training so I run the entire training department but the main things that I do I'm uh, both a system slash field engineer for Mac Specialist and I'm, in, uh, I'm a technical trainer um, basically a contract badge trainer for Apple computers. So I do, I teach some of Apple's uh, worldwide customer training classes, both at Mac Specialist and around the country for Apple. So I've taught in places like Boston and Cupertino before. Um, those classes can be found at train.apple.com, and the ones specifically that I teach are the uh, 100 and 200 level classes. Those are their bread-and-butter courses Um the Mac OS Support Essentials class, which is Mac OS 101, and uh, the Mac OS um, 200, the Mac OS 10 Server Essentials class as well. So, um, the the, the tra- you know the training is something that I enjoy a lot, and you know having having the real world experience of you know doing this type of stuff in the field like I do when I'm not training, being able to bring that into the training room. Um, Offers really good value, and it's really rewarding for for me. And I think students get a lot out of it. So if anybody ever takes those classes, you might just have me as the trainer. How There's about forty Apple certified trainers in the in the country, I believe.
0: How how did you land this job initially? I mean, what was it about you that they said, "This is the guy that we want to work in in our uh, store in our business"?
3: Yeah, I uh, I just kind of started out in retail sales, answering the phone. I Actually, what happened, I had a titanium PowerBook 667 at the time, and um, needed a new logic board, basically, was was the resulting problem, and uh, Glen Ellen Computers, as it was at the time, was the only uh, Apple specialist, you know, that could do the repair, pretty much, in the Chicago area, you know. They were the best, you know, number one on Apple's website, so I took it there, and I'd been there before, and I, I just kind of asked when I was checking into PowerBook, you know, are you guys hiring or anything? They're like, yeah, as a matter of fact, we're moving, and, you know, just send me your resume. So I did, and it was kind of went from there, you know?
0: Was MyMac.com on your resume? Yes, it was. And they still hired you? <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been with them now? Um, a little over three years now. Wow, that's quite a It's uh, it's 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 kind of strange for me because in in some respects I still see you as the fifteen year old who started at mymac dot com, but you're not that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, and it's, it's a huge the... conflict of interest for me too.
3: <laughs> you know, it's it's not something that I can, you know, I don't talk about mymac dot com much there, and you know, I. I just wouldn't, you know, it's a little bit of a conflict. So that's that's one of the reasons that, you know, I stopped writing for my Mac so much.
0: Yeah, because as a, um, a free speech advocate as I am, I have no problem criticizing Apple when I see, or Apple specialists when I see problems that, you know, I think our yeah. listeners or our readers want to hear about. And if you work for Apple or... Uh, Apple reseller or anything mm-hmm. like that. It, it's pretty hard to criticize the industry that you're working for, for yep. for good reason. I mean, you know. oh yeah, I know. Uh, let's jump into some MacMinute.com news, um, and of course, we don't get all of our news from just MacMinute.com, but um, we get some of it. So, the first one. Go ahead. December twenty-first, analyst sees
1: Apple moving away from Mac. David Bailey, a research analyst with Goldman Sachs, said 2006 will undoubtedly mark another major year in Apple's transformation. But its new markets bring together tougher competition. Competition? Wrote, competition, <laughs> <laughs> wrote the analyst. Well, he did not write very well. Wrote the analyst in a recent research note. If early in- indications from suppliers prove correct, Apple is likely to move further from its Mac core in 2006, leveraging its brand and building on the consumer success of iPod. Hmm.
3: What do you think, Adam? It is what it is. I'm not even gonna not even gonna get into it, you know. I mean I, Apple I don't think over it's... the past few years they have done pretty much the majority of their major decisions have been right in the end, and you know, I I have no doubt in in the fact that this one'll probably be right too.
0: So you think this analyst may be right when he sees Apple moving away from the Macintosh? Is he talking about like the Mac brand name or moving. different devices for Apple? He he sees it, the way I'm reading it anyways, is uh, Apple is going to move away from the Macintosh and more into um, mm. consumer electronics. iPod, iBoombox,
3: iSatellite
0: iPhone, iToaster. Yeah. I don't see well, it happening. I mean, Apple makes way too much money on the Macintosh. As, as much money as they're making on the iPod, um, they wouldn't be the company they are without the Macintosh. The iPod? No, I don't think so either. Yeah. yeah. I I
3: I do, however, think that you know they'll keep the Mac, but they will get more into consumer electronics. You know what what everybody has to realize about where technology is going. You know, we're all switching. Eventually, going to switch to IP version six, which is a one hundred twenty-eight bit number. So, pretty pretty soon, here in about four or five years, and probably maybe even sooner, everything in your house is going to have an IP address. Your cable box is going to have it. Refrigerator, your toaster, you know, your microwave oven—they'll all have IP addresses. It's so everything's going to be connected uh, to this one big internet, and so it, it would behoove Apple to get into that stuff. But I, I don't think that they'll ever. Not make the mac I, I don't I just don't see that.
0: Next one is uh, from December twentieth IDG appoints Paul Kent as vP to lead Mac world Expo. IDG World Expo today announced the appointment of Mac industry veteran Paul Kent as Vice President. In this expanded role, Kent will be responsible for the overall growth and management of the MacWorld Conference and Expo. Another reason I mentioned this is because two shows ago, yep, Paul we, Kent was our guest. Oh, okay, yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout out. Congratulations to Paul Kent. Absolutely. And uh, so if there, if you know now now that we've interviewed him and and I have him in my iChat uh, <laughs> list, if I have a problem with the MacWorld Expo, I know who to contact. <laughs> <laughs> Next. And you
3: deserve that. Yeah, For getting everybody their media
0: badges back. Yeah, well, that's kind of a sore subject with me. I, I got a few thank yous, but not nearly enough. Of course not. <laughs> but I, that's kind of a role that I'm used to playing, so. Yep. What's the next one, Chad?
1: Next one. December 20th, Nielsen Net Rankings reports Apple site number one.
0: Woohoo! That's good enough. We don't care about all the details. All right. Apple's number one on the web. Cool. Yep. Um, Climb fifty seven percent over November last year. December sixteenth, Morgan Stanley expects Apple iPhone announcement. Don't
1: they have one of those already?
0: Oh, I'm so sick of the I this and I that and come on and no, these are Morgan Stanley analysis. You know what? How many times have I heard Morgan Stanley predicting this? And I'm, you know what? If these guys want to be in the rumor game, then they should just get into the rumors. You know, start their own little rumor website. That's right. You know. uh, December 16th, will Apple promote Intel inside? Um, hmm. Interesting. You yeah. can read it if you want to. I'll read it real quick. It's got a name in there that I don't want to try to pronounce. In his
1: latest bite of the Apple column Business Weeks, Eric Hesseldahl... Wonders if Apple plans to promote Intel's ubiquitous Intel Inside marketing branding strategy when it switches
0: to Intel processors for Macs next year. I can I can answer that right now and say no.
3: Yeah, I don't see one of those stickers on the front of a G5, and, and I don't see <laughs> no. It's
0: <clears throat> Apple's aesthetics would never ever allow that. Never. That pink, that purple, not orange. even like each blue, a huge decal on top of the Mac Mini, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. And I don't see that ding, 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 ding jingle ever showing up in Apple ads. That's not going to happen. No, right behind like, you know, Eminem singing the song. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I will say I could see Intel running their own commercials promoting Macintosh running Intel. I could see that.
1: See, now that would be a selling point. That
0: would be good for mm-hmm. Intel. Yeah. Because now they can jump on the Mac and they're in the Apple, therefore yeah. the iPod uh, bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And they can get some good. Uh, they can
1: say our chips are so cool, they're
0: in Apple products. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could see that happening, but I don't see Apple going ding, oh, ding, no. ding, 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 ding. I don't either. <laughs> uh, I, gotta, <laughs> it's a, I just don't see it. What do you think, Adam? About what the Intel thing? Yeah. About the chips, or just this decal thing? Well, the decal and Apple, Apple's television ads with the little Intel jingle, or okay, so Apple is not going to
3: have that at the end of their ads. There's no possible way, but but they <laughs> they may you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them like anodize uh, Intel inside logo
0: on the Mac. Oh. It would have to fit in their
3: aesthetics.
0: I don't see but, that happening.
3: But they could do it. I, the they only, could do it.
0: The only place I see, I think you will see it, uh, any kind of reference that there's an Intel processor in the Macintosh would be in a print ad campaign in Time yeah. magazine. It will have that's possible. Yeah, you know, the little Intel logo or something. But other than that, I just, I just don't see it happening.
1: Would you see the Intel Bunny Man dancing with an iPod? Maybe. <laughs>
0: If they still use the uh, Intel bunny guy, maybe. Which they haven't, but... <laughs> Something else that I uh, read today from Engadget, Seagate, the world's largest hard drive maker, is getting some extra storage space with One Touch by picking up rival Mac Store for $1.9 billion. Wow. The merge company will still operate under the Seagate name. And they're
1: also reporting that one gigabyte... One... <laughs> gigabyte ipod shuffles are completely sold out until sometime in january what else is going some. on in january
3: huh you got some huh yeah we we still have a we still have a
0: bunch of those actually the shuffles we're sold out of every other ipod though do you do you see uh a market share for the shuffle still i don't i i don't understand why they would continue the shuffle past this january i just don't because w- everything that you want out of a shuffle, you get out of a nano, except for the price point. Well, if they come out with say a one gigabyte ninety-nine version,
3: dollar nano,
0: or well, something. I don't. I wouldn't say ninety-nine. I would probably say one hundred forty-nine. Yeah, hmm. one hundred forty-nine dollar nano that holds like one point two gigabytes, or mm-hmm. as Chad would say, one point two gigabots. <laughs> <laughs> i'm I'm telling you every time i see that i trip up now i know if i put gigabytes on a page chad's always gonna say gigabot (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know do you do you see a a a market for the shuffle much anymore i mean this is only a a year old everybody buys the nanos yeah it's uh, the nanos came out they're just so cool yeah yeah I mean, you guys have a
3: problem, though, giving my kid a Nano. I mean, that thing could be snapped in half so quickly. Mm. Well, yeah, but so could a, a Shuffle.
0: I mean, really. Well, right. I, I'm
3: I'm talking about, like, a Nano versus a, a full-size iPod, though. You know, I'd, if I was buying one for, like, a kid that was 11 or
0: 12, I don't think I'd get a Nano. I, I just don't. I, I don't think so either. But then again, I've got two kids, and both of them made their Christmas this year, this year an iPod is on both. And mm. I went, <laughs> yeah. That's going to happen. Uh, let's jump into some reader feedback here. Uh, I got an email from Tanner Godz, Godariza. Godariz. See, I cannot pronounce names. I'm I'm an illiterate retard. Oh, Godarzi. See, I don't know why I can't say it. Uh, he writes, Hi, um, I'm a MyMac listener and wanted to know how my experience has been lately with Element K journals. Uh, hmm. did you, you remember, I, I know you can't listen to every single podcast, you're a pretty busy guy, Adam, but did you catch what was going on with Element K Journals? I don't think I did. Well, basically, they, they sent me a couple free issues of, you know, all their stuff, and then they immediately turned around and started sending me bill after bill after bill trying to get me to subscribe to all these different little journals. And they're like $150 for a 12-page, uh, inside Mac journal, it's it's retarded, and but they send very deceptive um, invoices. Yeah, like Mac Attic does. Well, no, th- th- they go above and beyond that. They'll send it to
1: accounts receivable Defeatable. department, like it's an actual bill for a service that's been rendered.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's and but I'm talking eight or nine uh, different uh, titles that they're sending me. So they're sending. You know, seven, eight, nine invoices a week or more, and uh, uh, the long and short of it is, I'm still getting the invoices, just not at the uh, consistency that I used to. Mm-hmm. It's they're not coming every single week, but they are coming every other week. Mm-hmm. And I just I know what to look for now. They use yeah. they use different uh, type mm-hmm. on the envelope. They'll use different color envelopes. They'll try anything they can possibly try, try to get it passed me to whatever department that subscribes and pays for. And I know what they look like. And I know that they're based yeah. in Rochester, New York. Because that's where they return addresses. Mm-hmm. And I just pitch them. I don't even bother to yeah. open them anymore. So, yep, I'm still getting them, but... Uh, <laughs> <then> <laughs> it's, that's messed up, man. That is messed up. Uh, I'm going to move this so Chad can read. Go ahead and read the This next is one. from uh, Robert Sherrill.
1: Hi, fellas. I had this problem on my iBook when I was when it was a, new. Oh
0: what you got? You gotta oh, tell them what the, the oh, message there yeah, is Yeah, the
1: tagline is glitchy trackpad fixed. He said I had this problem on my on my iBook when it was new. Static. It started out about the season change, uh heat coming over, air drying out, maybe carpeting. I was able to to induce the behavior by shuffling my feet in the carpet and then using the trackpad. I found washing my hands to be a solution. I have since moved no carpet, no wacky pointer Hope this helps. Keep up the good work. I'm new to podcasts and love them. Uh,
0: Thanks, Robert. Um, To answer your question in the simplest terms, where my uh, power book is located, where I use it, is in the kitchen. There isn't any um, static electricity problems in there.
1: Ceramic tile. Yeah. yeah.
0: And we do have a lot of static electricity this time of the year. I mean, I'm constantly Mm -hmm. electrocuting myself in the house. Or my kids, I'll yeah. go pat one on the head. And pff, pow! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's not static electricity. I actually wash my hands all the time. Um, if I'm cooking, I'm washing my hands constantly. Um, I don't know why I, I wash my hands a lot. Because you
1: have a two-year-old, Tim? Yeah. Well, yeah, that has a lot to do with it
0: too. Um, but it's it's definitely not static electricity. Um, I, and it's still happening, but I've been cleaning the trackpad. A mm. lot more regular, and I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that someone said you might want to just try washing your trackpad. It may just be dirty, and that's why it's getting flaky. Mm. And I have been washing it and and trying to keep it as clean as possible. But still, uh, there's days that I, I'll start moving the cursor, and it just it will not go where I want it to. It'll fly mm. and scooch all over the screen. Mm. No rhyme, no reason, uh, just buggy as heck. And thankfully, it's not doing it right now because I'm using this PowerBook to access this email. Chad, mm-hmm. by the way, is stifling a yawn. I think I'm boring him, Adam.
1: No, no, no. It's just <laughs> long day. So,
0: um, Donnie sent us an email. Let me uh, scroll down a little bit here because some of it's personal stuff, uh, asking if we could uh, promote something for him. And Donnie Yenkalo, being one of our most uh, gifted and prolific recent new, new writers, not, not just a writer, he's yeah. a cartoonist. I mean, he, he's He's like doing it all. Yep. And he's and he's actually been working closely with me and Adam has seen uh quite a few. Uh we're we're seriously considering changing the MyMac.com logo mm-hmm. or mascot. Or mm. both. And Donnie has been uh submitting ideas to me. And you've seen a lot of those, haven't you, Adam?
3: Yeah. They're um We haven't found they're a good way. work. Yeah. It's just there's something about
0: it that's just not right yet. Yeah, and it But it, we'll it, get there. It, but that's such a uh you know, because Adam and I have been doing this for a decade. Yeah. And and Donnie does incredible work. But, you know, it's just like I have this certain idea that I, I don't know how to articulate. Mm-hmm. And he has been submitting different ideas. um, And just haven't found the one that really is like, that's the one. That's, mm-hmm. that's our identity. But uh, anyways, um, Donnie's super talented. And he is actually, uh, let's see... Uh, he's doing a podcast with a friend of his name, Mark Creech. Um, he is actually the author of the books that Donnie illustrates. And he. they thought they would try doing a podcast reading of some of, their, uh, some of the poems. Let's see. Maybe I should just read his email. I was going to write this out kind of as a press yeah. release, but I ran out of time. Um, would you be willing to plug a podcast I started with a friend of mine, Mark Creech, on the MyMac podcast. Heck no,
1: I'm not doing that. Not for Johnny. Johnny.
0: (laughs) He is actually the author of the books I illustrated, and we thought we'd try a podcast of him reading some of his poems each time in an effort to promote the books and eventually find a publisher. Um, I basically just introduce him reading the poems, like a host. Mm. Uh, We're going to do about three poems of... we're, We're going to do about three poems a podcast. Uh the first one is only about three minutes long, but short is good. I have it posted on my dot mac account blah blah blah, blah. Uh, he does have a link to the pod to to this podcast the, one of the problems is sometimes when you do a search for it on Apple's iTunes, it mm-hmm. shows up sometimes it doesn't yeah, so Apple's iTunes podcast listening is it's a little quirky, a little yeah, quirky sometimes and uh, and he sent me the name of it, and i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking, and I can't find it here. Hey. Well, Donnie, I'm sorry. I cannot remember the name of it. I've just been swamped with Christmas stuff lately and yeah. and uh, other more pressing things that has to do with... I'll driver. give it a go next time. Yeah, well... the Oh, here it is. No, uh, Worldofwitherspoon.com mm. is where you can find the books. I'm sure you'll find it listening to the podcast there. And I'm going to put a link directly to that podcast in the iTunes Music Store in our show notes for this podcast. So Good if you want to find it... That's where you're going to go. Go to our show notes, and well, i have a link yep. directly to it. And if Donnie's involved in it, I'm sure it's a great podcast. And who doesn't like poetry? Yep. Let's see. Um, okay. I'm going to let you read this one. All <laughs> right. I know you've <clears> read this one before because I forwarded it to you.
1: Yep. And this is from uh, Kim Gordon Halliwell.
0: What did you say, Gordon? It says right there. Oh, okay. The I was looking up here. Sorry. Yeah.
1: And Kim writes, uh, I'm a months-long listener to your podcast, but I've mostly enjoyed it. But I'm ready to register my dismay at what I think are careless, thoughtless, gratuitous, and uninformed remarks you, Chad, and Tim made in Podcast 58 about a group of people who are fighting the, do- the XXX domain. Let me clarify
0: that right now and say that was me that made the uh, <laughs> uninformed, <laughs> gratuitous, thoughtless, and careless <laughs> remarks. wasn't Chad. <laughs> Give me credit. I
1: might very well agree with you about the possibility that these people are misguided in trying to block the XXX domain. I really don't know, since I haven't really decided personally how I feel about that. I think my preference would be to force all porn to that domain if it's implemented. Whether that would improve the world in any measurable way is an open question, though. But to move from condemning these people for their position, possibly misguided, and condemning them to condemning them for being clever porn freaks themselves is, well careless, thoughtless, etc., and certainly based on no evidence, whatever, other than your own prejudice. You guys are good when you stick to technical subjects, ad hominem attacks, however, are not appreciated and are certainly unnecessary.
0: Thanks, Kim. I appreciate your uh, views. Yep. Um, You're right. Um, I don't have any um, proof to back up that um, your allegations... My allegations are true. Right. But here's the thing. Oh, by the way, um, there's absolutely no way, If even if the XXX domain was adopted, there's no way to force anybody to use it. There's no way yeah. to force anybody to give up their own domain name and go to the you know their dot com name and go mm-hmm. to the yeah, dot triple x. x there's absolutely there's no governing body that could do that right um so that's i mean and besides it's not it, it, if it was all American companies or all British companies or you know then you mm-hmm. can go to those governments, maybe they can pass laws which I would be opposed to mm-hmm. and have these companies forced to give up their domain and use triple yeah. x here's the thing um, yes there I, What I said was that I'm sure that a lot of these people are probably porn or closet porn freaks, and I actually stick by that because here and here's my reason. (laughs) Must not have listened to this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) it was the (laughs) last one. So, if 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 you if you're walking, okay, let me. I'm trying to phrase this because I really didn't prepare, but if I see two guys, and one guy has all these tattoos and a cut off leather jacket with. The black bandana tied mm-hmm. tight around his head and chaps riding in a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I know where that guy's coming from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You And if you see him walking out of a porn um, store, you wouldn't think twice of it. Now, you take another guy, and he's all dressed up in this suit, and he's supposedly looking very respectable. Mm-hmm. You, would, you wouldn't guess that he's a porn guy, mm-hmm. that he's a really hardcore porn guy. But that's the guy that I think is the most um representative of their industry. That's the person that is the number one uh customer for the porn industry because they're hiding it they g- that's that's your opinion that's so my opinion yeah, yeah that's what i said okay. and and you know. The people that you would think, oh yeah, that guy is freaky, he's into that stuff. He's probably not freaky. He's probably not into that stuff. Because he wears who he is out on, boom, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. It's the people that have so many skeletons in their closet that are always opposed to everything... Those are the people that you always find out have all these skeletons in their closet. They're the ones that you go, oh, my God, he was such a quiet person. I had no idea he was into cannibalism. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, that the, you never hear about, you know, there was this biker down the street and he killed five people. You yeah. never hear that. You always hear it was some quiet guy that lived by himself down there. And that was the guy that killed five people. It's mm. always the guy you never su- suspect. So... That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Or uh, that's my opinion. <laughs> opinion. Yes. <laughs> but I do appreciate your comments, Kim, and uh let's see. Oh, uh last week I was talking about I had a I was getting a light up keyboard. Mm-hmm. And it's from IRock. Uh let's see. I slash rock rocksusa.com. I slash R O C K S dot com. I have it now, and so far, it's really cool. Really? Yep. It has this little on-and-off switch that you can push, and it Mm -hmm. makes the backlighting of the keyboard light up. Unfortunately, you can't control the brightness, and it's almost too bright because it washes out some of the characters. What color is it? It's a bluish color. Yeah. And we're going to do a video review of this, and I'm thinking of um, recording part of the video review in a darkened room so you can see what this keyboard looks like lit up. Yeah. (coughs) What do you think that would work good, Adam? That'd be cool. That'd Sounds be, real cool. It's it's the it doesn't have all the functionality of a regular Mac keyboard, and the thing that I'm missing most is mm-hmm. the eject key oh, for and the, the volume yeah. keys, you know, volume up, down, and mute. It doesn't yeah. have those. Hmm. Those come the, in
3: really handy. Oh, yeah, and you don't realize how much you
0: use those until they're not there. Yes, and I've I've realized how much I used all four of those keys: eject, up, down, and mute. Um, mm-hmm but in the key the keyboard is actually laid out differently uh for instance on an apple extended keyboard the up down left and right keys the mm. arrow keys are smushed over into the regular keys right but they're in a row up you know up and mm. down so it it takes a little while to get used to the new yeah. layout of this keyboard um and and one of the other things i don't like about it is that you can't plug any other usb device into the keyboard which mm. which really You you need a USB port in there, yeah. Because if you got a mouse, unless you got a a Bluetooth Mm -hmm. mouse, uh, you got to plug your mouse into something, and everybody always plugs their mouse into their keyboard. Well, this you can't plug anything into the keyboard.
1: See, and I even like. I think it's convenient for even like using a flash drive to have it right there. Yeah,
0: and so you know, this is so obviously it doesn't have uh, a USB hub in this keyboard. Yeah, but it's very slim. It's very stylish. I really, mm. every, other than those two things, I really, really dig this keyboard. I like the tactile feel of it too. It's very reminiscent um, of maybe a Blackbird PowerBook. You know what I mean when I say that, right, Adam?
3: Yes, it was like PowerBook
0: 520. Yeah, yeah. 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 That tactile. Yes, yes. That's what it reminds me of, and I and I forgot how much I like that feel of that keyboard. Um so I in in some respects I don't I'd say I almost like that keyboard better than mm. the uh full size Apple extended keyboard. Mm. Just the the loss of functionality, I don't know if that can overcome that the coolest factor of this light up keyboard yeah. can overcome the lack of functionality that that you get used to. And I believe that that is Oh did I already Oh no. No, okay. we haven't gone through that one. Do you want to go through that one?
1: Yeah, this is from uh Dave Yurkovic. And Dave writes, uh, Tim, regarding your review on the audio products, you stated this is the video review. You stated that your review was too long. Personally, I think the more informative you can be, the better off you are. Perhaps, as you said, if you edited the video down and and did, did it in one take, maybe you or did not do it in one take, you may have shaved some more time off. I'm a new listener, and so far, enjoy your show. And I look forward to listening to you guys in the future. Hopefully, when the new Mac Mini hits the street they will have the ability to be put in the man's room and be used for a total AV system. Now, that's cool. However, what could be done for radio? Hopefully, you'll have the an audio and visual features regarding this product. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.
0: Uh, thanks, Dave. Dave actually is from Flat Rock, Michigan. Yeah. I actually trained to be... when it. Geez, what was this? Eight years ago now? What was it was about eight years ago I worked for the... Uh, Grand Trunk. Yeah. Grand Trunk. Well... It, that's what we called it. It's technically it was Canadian National Railroad. Yeah. Um hmm. and you remember that, Alan. Yeah, I remember that. I actually yep. trained to be a railroad conductor. Uh, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I was going back for uh, be a uh, engineer. locomotive engineer yeah. in Flat Rock, Michigan. So I, mm-hmm. I I saw that and I hadn't thought about that in a while. I went, ah, Flat Rock. <laughs> I know where that's at. <laughs> um I'm going <laughs> to well, let me address some of his um uh, first of all, um, Boy, I I do think that there's going to be a Mac Mini. I do think... another Mac Mini. I do think it's going to be (coughs) positioned for the living room. I just Mm -hmm. think that makes way too much sense for Apple, and I think that's what front row on the current Mm -hmm. uh, iMac is really a test bed Mm -hmm. for an Apple DVR system, and I think the Mac Mini fits that. I do think, however, that it needs to be slightly redesigned. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be a little longer, so it fits in with current equipment. DVD. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I've got mine sitting up there right now, and it, it takes about the same amount of space as like a Nintendo GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just see Apple redoing the Mini a little bit yeah. to make it look a little bit different. Mm. But yes, I do see the Mac Mini showing up in the living room. I know uh, because of what you do with Apple, you probably don't want to comment on any of that, Adam. I would mm-hmm. rather not. Yes, um, But yeah, I, I, I just... With with the new Yona technology from Intel, which is mm-hmm. a subset for um, audio video, right? And uh, the Mac Mini being positioned in the living room, I that's going to happen. As far as radio c- is concerned, uh, Griffin actually makes a USB device that you plug in to your Mac or Mac Mini or iMac or whatever you have, and it will actually pick up radio stations. Oh, AM, it's the Shark. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Griffin Shark is it' it's not want to say it's the
1: shark yeah, yeah, you did a review of it
0: uh, did I do a review <coughs> of that or did I do a review of <coughs> the broadcast one
1: no you did one with, I remember because you have the picture of it in there yeah, and it looks just like a little yeah. shark's fin
0: I think no I well you know what I don't even know what I'm doing anymore so I'm just going to jump on my archive see this is the problem folks when you've been publishing for almost 11 years and you've been mm-hmm. a Mac writer for almost 11 <laughs> years you just forget stuff you know oh, did I do that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and, and Adam knows exactly what I mean. Absolutely. After a while, oh, uh, here it is. Assorted Griffin technology gear. Try it. Oh, Rocket FM. And below yeah. that, was it below? No.
1: No. I guess it the Rocket
0: FM was that you could uh, broadcast, broadcast the sound from your Mac.
1: Yeah, I know you did one on the shark though, too. Or if someone's got one on the shark. Well, I looked.
0: well I've got a shark, and I don't think I've done the review of it. Now I've used it, and basically, it does look like a shark fin, and it allows you to not only listen to uh, AM and FM on your Mac, it will allow you to record, much like a DVR. So you yeah. can you can listen, you can set it up to record NPR Science Friday every mm-hmm. week if you want. Uh, it will record it in MP3, so you can put that onto your mm-hmm. iPod later it it's a great device. Yeah. So, could Apple build that into a Mac Mini very easily. But even if they don't, Griffin already sells something that will do exactly that. Yeah. So, and, and it's a fairly cheap for what you can get. If you're if you're a big radio guy and you really like radio and you would very much like to see a Mac Mini in your living room but you don't want to give up the functionality of a radio, that's the way to go.
1: Yeah, Griffin also has got an iFM that you can plug into your iPod, but that one you can't actually program, so right. you're going to have to hit the record button when your show's on.
5: Uh,
0: let's see, there was something else in there that I was going to... Oh, and the video reviews. Um, yeah, the first... Well, it's not the... It, what the heck is that? Hang on a second. <laughs> That's got to be his telephone. Yeah. It's take me up to the ballgame.
3: Oh yeah, that's my cell phone. <laughs> being the avid baseball fan that I am,
0: <laughs> well, I I would have the NFL sound, but I'm so disgusted with my Detroit Lions right now that <laughs> what a debacle! We have to talk about that offline. <laughs> we can
3: talk,
0: we're, we're already at a minute or an hour, hour and, and twelve, 12 minutes. minutes so, yeah, yeah.
3: It could have
1: been worse. We could have been Packers fans, but <laughs> not no, much worse. The
0: Packers beat the Lions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how bad but do you have to be when you're as bad as the? Their Packers? record's worse than the Lions, though. Well, yeah,
3: but. Tim, just real quick, do you do you think Matt Millen should retain his job and do you think Mariucci should have been fired?
0: Um, Mariucci's version of the West Coast offense is very effective if it was 1980. Uh, it was so antiquated and so out of date and so ineffective and he was so unwilling to change that he definitely should have been fired. I really didn't see the point in firing him in the middle of this year. Uh, however, yeah, it was a good decision to let him go. As far as Matt Millen being the general manager, president of the Detroit Lions, all you have to do is look at his record. When he showed up in Detroit, he promised the sky. He fired everybody that was involved in the organization that wasn't a player, everybody, even the guy who handed out the the socks in the locker room mm-hmm. to get rid of this loser mentality. When he came in, the year before, the Lions were nine and seven. Since he's taken over, it's been almost five years now. Mm-hmm. Their record is twenty and fifty-eight,
1: which is the worst in the NFL over that time and, period. And there's
0: no way the Lions are going to win either one of their last two games. So at the end of this year, Matt Millen's record as the head of the Detroit Lions organization will be twenty and sixty. You tell me, should he be fired? Yeah, I mean you're a Chicago Bear fan. Yeah. So, obviously, you don't want to see him (laughs) (laughs) fired. No, I don't.
1: Um, As an employer, though, I mean, if you knew that you had an employee who was going to screw up 66% of the time, would you retain them? No. 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 (laughs) no.
0: He does need to go. Yeah, and (laughs) the thing is, he's got a five-year extension on his contract before the season even began. Yeah. So, he'll be back, and... And it, it's just going to be worse. And, That's really sad. Um, we've got a, a temporary coach, which used to be a coach in Chicago, mm-hmm. Dick Juron. He'll be gone after this year because th- that guy he doesn't he really doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Yeah, that guy's no, just sad. he
0: doesn't. So, anyways, enough of the NFL. Uh, probably ninety five percent of our listeners just tune that out. And, <laughs> and what are
1: they, this, They're talking about football. They just turned
0: the podcast off they right just,
3: there because we've just, been talking for. Now an hour and twenty five minutes. No, an hour and fourteen minutes. Well that's hour. <laughs> the oh yes, hour that's then, my so. official Skype time here. Oh well,
0: no, that's how long we've been chatting. The the okay. podcast recording right now is at one hour and fifteen, fifteen minutes. Tremendous. <laughs> <minutes. laughs> so that's gonna be our podcast this week. We're actually going to record are we early next week?
1: Yes, we'll be on uh, we'll be recording Monday next week, probably posting Monday night, Tuesday.
0: Probably, yeah. Yeah. And um, we've got a lot of new content up on the site that we didn't even get to talking about today. But uh, because we're going to be uh, having a long weekend, thanks to the Christmas holiday, and the weekend after is going to be New Year's, we're going to have a lot slower postings probably over the next week. So on on the next podcast, we're going to do all the content up there on MyMac.com right now. Talk about (laughs) our Macworld Expo. Information and uh, all that jazz. Thanks a lot for being here with us tonight. Adam had a lot, yeah, of, Thanks, Adam. A lot of fun. I had
3: a great time, and we should do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Stores podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.